What is up, everyone? It is Wednesday night, so you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built-in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. Every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. right here on the Built-in Buffalo network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Peter. I will follow you guys back. And something cool that you can't see right now, but you'll be able to see in a second, Picasso's is our new sponsor of the show. So for the best pizza in Buffalo, it got to be Picasso's. Every night is pizza night. So shout out Picasso's, one of the many sponsorships we have here at Built in Buffalo. But for the best pizza in Buffalo, you guys want to check them out. It is game time. It is game or a day away from game day. So what that means, we'll be breaking down, previewing the Bills versus Rams Thursday night opener with without without best thing to do is bring on Ryan Talbot, our guest for tonight. So Ryan, how are we doing tonight, my man? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I know, I know you're super, super busy. So I appreciate you coming on. I checked out a little bit of the shout you do with Matt Perino every week. That's an awesome podcast, but without where can everyone find you on social media? I know Ryan Talbot, all that stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's my main platform, but uh, at Ryan Talbot Bills is my platform for that or my username for that. Same for uh, Instagram, but Twitter is definitely where I'm most active. You can find my work on nyf.com and syracuse.com. So, guys, make sure you guys follow him on all social media platforms and check out everything that he does. Ismail coming in, go Bills. Bills win by 14 tomorrow. We'll definitely get into some game predictions towards the end of the show. Um, as always, guys, the comment section is open. You guys can drop a like, drop any comments. We'll try to um, answer as best as we can. And I know you guys hear me every week, but you don't hear Ryan every week on Built in Buffalo. So you have questions for him. He'll know him a little more than, hopefully than I do. So help him out and give him some questions that we can answer them throughout the show. Kim's coming in 24 hours. Oh my God, it is eight o'clock. So we're 24 hours away from the season opener. But before we get into the season opener, Ryan, I know some breaking news happened this morning. Dawson Knox was extended. Mm. So we can touch on this briefly, but what were your initial thoughts when you saw the Dawson Knox extension? Yeah, you know, offensive players, especially tight end position, that's a little bit easier to navigate the numbers uh, based on recent deals. David Njoku, for instance, uh, some of the players around the league. And and if I'm the Bills, I'm thinking, okay, you you have limited cap space. uh, You have to be smart about your funds, what you can do with those funds. And, And Knox is a young player coming off of a great season where he was leading the league at times in touchdown receptions. You think the best is yet to come for him. So he was someone that was probably very high on their priority list. Uh, I would like to think Ed Oliver's probably pretty high on the defensive side of the ball. You kind of have to value youth uh, over some of these older veterans that are also looking for contracts when when you put, you know, consider all things, I suppose. Yeah, and if you guys haven't noticed yet or haven't looked on Twitter or social media, Dawson Knox is now the official sixth highest paid tight end in the NFL and it locks up another key piece of offense to 2026. And what are you, what are your thoughts on? Because I know people have talked about Ed Oliver. You said Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, even Devin Singletary. What does Dawson Knox you think in your, in your mind mean for those type of guys for their future in Buffalo, mainly even Jordan Poyer because his future in Buffalo could not be passed this year potentially. Yeah. When it comes to Poyer, you have to consider age. You have to consider position too. And you know what he does, he's outstanding at it. Uh, but safety is not an area where you generally overpay for a, for a talent, uh, especially, you know, someone who is on the wrong side of 30. Uh, Derwin James is like an exception to the rule, younger player, best football still ahead of him. And as great as I think Jordan Poyer is, you have to be very, uh, smart financially in, in terms of how you, you would pay him and hide going forward. It is valuable as Poyer has been to this team. They've drafted guys, Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin that are waiting in the wings. They can always draft someone next year, add another free agent. Uh, they kind of have a good, feel for guys that would fit their system. So as painful as it would be for some Bills fans to see Jordan Poyer go, uh, it's just the nature of the business. You unfortunately cannot keep everyone, even if you can navigate the salary cap to a certain extent. Yeah, and I think obviously the Bills have to pick and choose. Does this mean like a you think a Tremaine Edmonds extension potentially at the end of the year at Oliver? Can the Bills keep both Tremaine Edmonds, you think, and at Oliver on the defensive side of the ball? I think there's a possibility, and as good as uh, Edmonds has been for this team, and I know some fans will 
uh, disagree with me on that. I know he's kind of a lightning rod of yeah. criticism. Uh, uh, you notice opposing coaches, players really praise what he does. The fact that he can take away a lot of passing lanes, uh, that, that he is so good at certain things that maybe fly under the radar. But Ed Oliver, I think, is the player that's going to be next on that list in terms of who are the Bills going to try to resign because, you know, he's not Aaron Donald, but I think no. he has a chance to be an Aaron Donald type this season with Von Miller getting so much attention on the defensive line with Greg Rousseau ex- uh, expected to step up. And, and then, too, the other part about Ed Oliver is last year he was facing double teams a lot. Uh, he's a little bit undersized for a traditional um Defensive tackle, obviously. So they bring in Daquan Jones, someone that can take on those double teams this year. They have Tim Settle. They have Jordan Phillips. Guys that are bigger in size and in stature that will be, be able to, to uh, eat up those offensive linemen. And then that's going to let Ed Oliver have these advantageous matchups where I think he can use his explosiveness and his speed to really uh, be an X factor for this team. And guys, comment section is open as I always, as I said in the beginning, and as always, Dan Kelly coming in. Make sure you guys keep up with everything Built in Buffalo, as well as builtinbuffalonews.com. Great articles basically every day I write for them, and Dan Kelly does the pregame show, as well as Conflict of Interest on Tuesday nights. Um, I know, Brian, how disappointed <laughs> were you when you heard about Bills letting go of Christian Wade? Um, Brian's Brian has a Brian loves. He does Monday and Thursdays Breaking Tables, one of our other shows. He loves mm-hmm. He loves Christian Wade, or he likes talking about Christian Wade. You know, he was definitely a feel-good story, but um, age never really made a lot of sense because when they brought him over, this was a player that needed to learn the game of football. So by the time even the Bills maybe thought that, okay, he has a good grasp of football, he had a shoulder injury uh, in the NFL, usually on the wrong side of 30, uh, things don't go well for you there. You know, there's always those fan favorites. This year it was Raheem. Uh, Black Shear at running back. Last yeah. few years, it was Antonio Williams. Really happy for Antonio Williams mm-hmm. sticking on the Giants roster. Yeah. I did think he was an NFL quality uh, back. Um, I, I think the same for Raheem Blackshear. I think in time, the Bills will have a roster spot for him. It might be as early as next year, depending on what happens with Devin Singletary, because it's really hard uh, to give those running backs a second contract. You'll have Moss under contract. You'll have James Cook under contract. But I think there's a chance for a guy like Blackshear, who played really well this season, uh, in the preseason, in the summer, to maybe earn yeah. a role next year. So, you know, guys like Christian Wade, some of them aren't meant to make these 53-man <laughs> rosters. Uh, some are, however, and could have a lasting impact like Blackshear. And like the Bills, what they do is Zach Moss and Devin Sigler could go draft another running back anywhere in the thir- second to th- third or fourth round and just kind of plug and play and just keep going down that cycle, which would be an interesting take. And Brandon Bean has done that three times already. So um, Jim Graham's coming on. Appreciate you, Jim. Appreciate you tuning in every Wednesday to the Buffalo Blitz, but enough with extension talk. We're going to be talking about previewing some of the game. And I want to talk about James Cook in the beginning, because I know this has been a hot topic for people. Should we, as Bills fans or just fans in general, be worried that James Cook is listed third on the depth chart, or is this something that we don't really need to read into, mainly talking about Thursday's game, or tomorrow? actually tomorrow's game? Uh, you know, I wouldn't be too worried about James Cook. Listen, the Bills, I think, have specialized roles for Moss and Cook at the end of the day. Uh, you have Devin Singletary as your lead back. He's going to be that player that can... Um, get the early downs. He, he moved the ball really well last season, I, in my opinion, uh, late in the year playoffs. So he's going to be your number one back. That is his role. That is his job. Zach Moss might be listed number two on this team, but I really think that maybe what his role is is short yardage. It's goal line. And I, and I, I know some fans will say, well, listen, in the past, he hasn't been that successful in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. You look at last season, he was never close to 100%. He was dealing with a uh, pretty serious ankle injury that he was coming off of. Brandon Bean has alluded to it, said he couldn't cut. He was never really 100%. Uh, Then you have a rookie season where he had his ups and downs as well. Uh, I don't think we've seen the best from Zach Moss yet. And and really, the run that uh, sticks in my mind is from this preseason. And it wasn't a long run for him. He did have some uh, bigger plays in the preseason. But he had one touchdown that was called back where he was able to get around the edge near the goal line. I think it was a three-yard touchdown run. But I said, man, I have not seen that kind of explosiveness from Zach Moss in his entire time in Buffalo. He looks healthy. He looks good. I would trust him near the goal line. You already know teams are going to be uh, focused in on Josh Allen. They're going to be trying to make sure that they can stop him. Well, 
you know, that's all well and good. But if Moss can be good in those short yardage goal line situations, that's where he's going to pay off for the Bills. I still think he'll spell Devin Singletary at times uh, in the season between the 20s. But I think his his best role might be down toward the goal line short yardage situations. Cook, everyone knows Cook was the best pass catching back in this year's draft class. That's going to be part of his role early on. Uh, But if he really wants to see his role expand, there's a few things he has to do. One, he has to prove that he can be a very good blocker um, because there's going to be times where he's going to have to be in the backfield when there's a blitz coming, when there's someone coming at Josh Allen. He has to show that he can take on those blitzers. That's easier said than done. It's something that Singletary is very good at, something that Moss has shown he can do. I think in time you'll see more and more of a role carved out for Cook because even as a rusher, he has that extra gear that the Bills are lacking at those uh, with the other two backs in front of him in, in Singletary and Moss. They don't have that extra gear, so to speak. But out of the gate, you know, look for Cook to maybe make an impact as a kick returner. I know he's listed as number two kick returner. Mm-hmm. But if you really have a big plan in mind uh, for Isaiah McKenzie in this offense, I wouldn't have him returning kicks. I would have him maybe listed yeah. first, but only use him in uh, certain circumstances. I would let Cook go back there. The way that the Bills have utilized the slot position in the past, I think it's more important to have uh, Isaiah McKenzie focus on that. So I think Cook can make an impact as a returner early and then get a bigger role on offense as the season progresses. Yeah, Cook as a kick returner, one, he gives you explosiveness, some young, he's a young guy back there. And obviously, it's not a, he's a key point, uh, key piece of the offense, but he's not, if Isaiah McKenzie, like you said, Isaiah McKenzie is going to be that starting slot receiver. And you never know, they could switch off of Isaiah McKenzie, Crowder, and Shakir. We have no idea. And the, the thing I like you said about Zach Moss, I talked about this throughout the summer. I've mentioned this, that the reason he made the roster, the reason I gave him a roster spot over Duke Johnson or that type of player is that he gives you something that the other running backs on the Bills really don't. In Devin Singletary and James Cook, he gives you that goal-to-goal, um, up-the-middle, pound-for-pound runner. And if he can excel at that, that just gives the Bills another dimension on offense. And sticking with Zach Moss, do you think – do the Bills on Thursday activate all three running backs in James Cook, Zach Moss – and Devin Singletary, and that means also as well Tywin Jones. The, the Bills really have four active running backs on the game day roster. I think there's a scenario where it happens, and I, I think this would be a good game to do it because, as I mentioned, why not use Cook as your kick returner, have Moss backing up Singletary, and there's your role for those guys. Tywin Jones, I'd be shocked if he was ever uh, inactive, if he was healthy. He's that yeah. important to the team's special teams. And then you have another quote unquote back in Reggie Gilliam, the fullback. And and this is where he comes in. You you have him active as well. So you technically have five quote unquote backs active. He can serve as the number two tight end on Thursday. I think maybe you're going to see Quentin Morris and Tommy Sweeney inactive. Just roll with Dawson Knox in the playoff game last year. Knox was the 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 key active um tight end for this team. I think that might be the game plan this week as well. Then you can use Gilliam as your emergency tight end number two. Uh, if the Bills really want to get creative and, and utilize their backs in this game, that's one one path to doing it. You can go with five linebackers, keep a guy like Balin Specter off to the side. There, there's a lot of different wrinkles that the Bills can use in terms of uh, maybe having an extra defensive lineman inactive that you weren't you wouldn't do in a typical game. Uh, but the Bills do love to rotate at that position, so that would be a little <laughs> bit surprising as well. So it, it's definitely something to mm-hmm. monitor and watch, but I do think there's a really good chance that all the backs are active tomorrow night. Singletary will uh, will stand out this season. What are your expectations, Ryan, for not just this game, but Singletary in general? This is a big, it's a huge year for Singletary, even just his future in Buffalo and his future around the league if he wants a, a long-term extension. Yeah, you know, that's that's a great question. I've had people ask me about, um, is he going to be a 1,000-yard rusher? No, I don't think so. I just yeah. think that there's too many mouths to feed on this offense, not just in the backfield, but in general. But but I think he's someone that can get you uh, 900, 950 total yards, including receptions. He's gotten better as a pass catcher. He can maybe get near 1,000 total yards, but rushing, uh, you're, you're not going to see that. I, I think that he can go into... Uh, the offseason maybe being able to get a, a respectable contract elsewhere. I don't think that running back is a priority for this team in terms of re-signing a running mm-hmm. back when you already have Moss under contract for another year, when you already have Cook under contract for a few seasons. You like what you saw in Blackshear. So Singletary is another player that I would be stunned if he did come back after this season. Uh, but I'm hoping for the best for him because I've liked what he's done for this team out of the gate. Um, he, he has been a valuable contributor and I think that he can still 
play a pretty big role for this team uh, this year and then somewhere else probably in 2023. Yeah, I think Singletary's probably received a little more hate than he probably has deserved. He's not Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor, and I don't think anybody's telling you that. But he's been a very solid, and I think solid's the key word, running back for the Bills over the last couple of years, and he's very important to this team. He, If Singletary can average four, four and a half, five yards per carry, it just makes one Josh Allen's life so much easier and opens up the passing game. It opens up so many more options for the Bills offense, which is exactly what you want. But the thing with like Singletary kind of uh, resigning for the future, like if James Cook turns into an every down running back or he's second half of the year, you can see that then there's no point of resigning Devin Singletary, especially if he gets a solid contract on the market, which I think Devin Singletary could get a pretty decent contract on the market. There's a lot of teams that need running backs. He could be, a 1A, another, and they have a 1B or something like that with the Bills do. So Singletary um, could definitely be – he's very important to this year. I don't want to hear anything because Singletary's gotten a ton of hate from Bills fans in general. Uh, Mary's coming in, yes, because Sweeney and Morris are both hurt, which only leaves Knox so well. So all three backs are active. Is, has Sweeney's been battling an injury this week or no? I think um, more. I didn't notice him on the injury list yeah, whatsoever so, this week. So you, you know, I, I know he maybe might just be inactive, to be inactive. Yeah, he might just be inactive. Um, he was someone that I, you know, I didn't see him do much um, th- this had, summer in terms yeah. of stand out at the position. So I don't think there's a priority to get him uh, onto the field necessarily. But it, it's going to come down to personnel. But yeah, I, I anticipate even though Quentin Morris was limited in the last practice, listed as questionable, I don't see him playing. But the Bills could definitely just go with one tight end if they really wanted to. If the Bills went with two tight ends, you would say Sweeney would be the second tight end? I, I think that's probably the safer option. In this game, in yes, this game, in, yes, in this in game. game. But yeah. once Morris is healthy, Morris was uh, created some separation there for sure. Okay, okay. Sophia, I appreciate it. Good show. So stoked for tomorrow. Go Bills. We are. If you're not stoked for tomorrow, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you because you have to be stoked for tomorrow. We're, we haven't seen Bills football since January, and it's a season opener on Thursday night in primetime. Nothing better. Nothing gets better than that. Um, Moving on to the defensive side of the one, I appreciate everyone that has been commenting and all the questions. We'll keep answering it. What should we expect out of Elam and Benford in tomorrow's matchup against Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, but he's been ruled out for the game. So it's after really after Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, I was looking, it's 2-2 at well. It's nobody really that kind of stands out. So it's probably against Allen Robinson and Cup. What are your expectations for both of them? Yeah, and it sounds like uh Ben's Groenek, I can't I can't think if I'm yes, saying that name right, is, is gonna be the one that will step up in Van Jefferson's okay. spot. And okay. you know, he does not have a very long no, it's, uh, it's list of accomplishments. So, right. And, and I think that's gonna benefit the Bills because you're gonna have two young guys out there. I, I don't think that you're gonna see Elam and, and Benford out there at the same time a lot. I think these two are mm-hmm. gonna rotate. You're gonna have Dane Jackson starting in one of the spots. Yeah. Yes. They like what Dane Jackson brings the they know they know what they have in him based on um, the, the playing time that he's had in the past. So I, I do see those two rotating, though. I think Elam gets the first crack. He's going to play the majority of the reps. One thing you have to watch for with Elam, though, is does he draw any penalties early? This is an officiating crew tomorrow night that uh, the lead official, I think he led the league in, in flags thrown last year. Um <laughs> And the way that Elam plays, the physicality that he's shown, that can be a little bit worrisome. Uh, it's definitely something that you're going to have to monitor. If he draws a, a key penalty early, maybe the Bills turn to Benford and say, what can you do? Can you uh, stop these guys, slow them down? The benefit for Elam and Benford is, one, both of the safeties on this team are now healthy. Uh, that's huge for them. Two, with with them just having not having to worry about Van Jefferson as well. Van Jefferson had 800 yards and six, six touchdowns last year, so this isn't just another guy on the team. He was a pretty big no, player. He's a legit player. So I, I think the Bills have ways that they're going to try to take Allen Robinson out of the game, Robinson being a, a true, pure outside uh, wide receiver where they can use safety help there and really kind of keep things in front of them with him. When it comes to Cooper Cup, man, that's <laughs> going to be so much uh, easier said than done. He's going to be in the slot a lot. Which Taron Johnson, out. yeah, and, and Taron Johnson's great, but this is not a matchup that he's going to dominate out of the gate. It's going to be a very tough matchup for him. He's going to need some help, and maybe that's where you use a guy like Tremaine Edmonds. Make sure that he's sitting in certain spots where you look at the tape and say, okay, 
Uh, Stafford likes to get the ball out in this many seconds. He's usually targeting him at this part of the field. You know, have have it so Edmonds can kind of drift over in that direction, try to take those passing lanes away with his wingspan, with his athleticism, uh, and take Cup out of the game that way. But realistically, I know we're talking about the cornerback position, mm-hmm. but if the Bills want to be successful at with their cornerbacks tomorrow, it's going to start up front with their defensive line. The defensive line needs to pressure Matthew Stafford without blitzing because he he picks apart blitzers and blitzes in general. If the defensive line can can beat out the offensive line and, and get in his face, force him to throw it a half second earlier than he wants, a full second earlier than he wants, that's going to allow Benford and Elam to make plays on the ball, breaks on the ball, passes defense, maybe even an interception, and make life a lot easier for them. If Stafford has all day to throw in the pocket because the offensive line is keeping Buffalo's defensive line uh, at bay, well, then it's going to be very tough for these young cornerbacks, including Dane Jackson, to stop them. So you answer basically answering my question. How much of an impact will the pass rush have against the Rams? I, I agree. I think the the best friend of a cornerback is an elite pass rush or getting after the quarterback. And Matthew Stafford, one, he led the league in interceptions last year, which most people don't know that with 17. Obviously, he threw a lot of touchdowns, so it's a little negated. And though he didn't throw 15 touchdowns for 17 interceptions, he wasn't like that. But if he, he's not, he's also not as mobile as he once was. So if you get him out of the pocket, he's not Josh Allen. He's not Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And he's coming off elbows, offseason elbow surgery. So you get after Matthew Stafford and he rushes his throws. He can't get at, can't get at the Cooper cup. You take away or limit out Robinson. The bills could obviously dominate this game. Yeah, I agree. You start up front, you make it a, a living hell for Matthew Stafford. And that's for a lot of the games. The bills are going to have to play this year, especially when Trey white is not on the field and not fully healthy. They're going to have to get after the quarterback. And if you can, if you can create what it doesn't even have to be sacks. Like people always want to say sacks, sacks and sacks. It just has you. You want to cause chaos back there. Mm-hmm. You want to cause chaos. You want uh, Stafford running out of the pocket, throwing off his back foot, because then that's when um, Jordan Poyer and Mike Hyde are their best. When quarterbacks make mistakes, they pick it off and then and you flip the field. And if the Bills can do that to Matthew Stafford, it could be a long night for the Rams. But I agree if they don't get any pressure, and we have seen this in the past. And I don't think it's going to be as bad. Like I don't think the Bills obviously improved their defensive line, and the Rams. They have two new starters, I believe, on the offensive line. The left tackle, Joe mm-hmm. no nope. boom. He's coming in for Andrew Whitworth, which is a huge loss. That is a huge key for the Bills. And who's the other? Uh, they lost a left guard or a right guard? The Rams. Oh, I, I was just looking at the other player here. Now I'm blanking someone. on the name position. I was just talking about on shout, too. They, they downgraded, essentially, they get, at both at two, spots at on positions. the line. Yes. So it's going to be key for Von Miller to make an impact out of the gate for Greg Russo to really show that uh, he has t- made those gains at Oliver having advantageous matchups. The defensive line is going to be the key to winning this game because if they can get a batted ball up in the air, if they can force a turnover because of pressure, um, it doesn't have to be a sack. Like you said, I think that these guys though can make an impact at the end of the day. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be Von Miller. It could be Gregory Rousseau. It could be Boogie Basham. It could be guys at Oliver up the middle because he creates more space with Tim Settle and Daquan Jones being at D tackle. So the Bills' defensive line is a huge factor in this game. Um, Ismail's coming. I think Elam will be picked on needs to stop being handsy. That's what Ryan mentioned. Um, if Elam can stay away from those penalties and just play his game, then he'll be fine. Um, Go Bills. Jay Coffee's coming in. Go Bills. Go Mafia. What's up, Izzy? Sunday Red Zone Report, guys. Make sure you guys check them out every post game for every 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock game and just your every Sunday if the Bills don't play on Sunday, which is uh, this week. Um, Justin's coming in. I'm assuming he's talking about Kyrie. I'm, I'm all right with him being a little more physical out of the gate. I agree. I don't mind him being physical, but, Ryan, you're right. If the refs are going to call it, you don't want to keep giving up 15, 10 yards just on penalties. There's nothing wrong with being physical, but you got to be physical in the right in the right, was like right context, if that makes, yeah, yeah, there, you know, within those first five yards, be physical, use yeah. your hands. Um, but when you get downfield, if they see a tug of the jersey, if they see hand fighting, uh, especially when it's an unproven player yes. like Kyrie Elam, a rookie, you're going to see the veteran in that case uh, get the call nine times out of ten, especially with a a flag happy unit or lead official. Um, so you're right. I mean, the athleticism, the physicality, that's all part of Elam's game, but can he control it and limit his, the mistakes or the yardage that he could potentially give up in penalties? 
Yeah, he's not Tredavious White or a veteran corner that has proven he can play in the league and deserves some a little more leeway on the calls. And obviously, this is an offensive-driven league, so they're always going to kind of go towards the offense, which is, for us, not the end of the world. Donut's coming in. Donut Bop. That's a cool name. I want to see what Edmonds does. He's way underrated. Edmonds gave a big big factor like you, uh, tomorrow night. You said he could be shadowing a little over to Cooper Cup, but I want yeah. to see what he does with an improved defensive line. I've always said that the additions on the defensive tackle position with Settle, bringing back Phillips, and Daquan Jones will help Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano because you won't have runners or running backs just going through the defensive line without being touched. So Tremaine Edmonds could be a huge factor tomorrow night, and I think the whole the whole Bills team is a huge factor tomorrow night. You got to huge. You got to yeah. you got to you got to do your thing because like people said, like I know the Rams. Not saying they, they had a good Super Bowl run, great Super Bowl, and they were they're up and down in the regular season. Matthew Stafford threw a good amount of interceptions, but the Rams are a good offense. They have talent. You have Allen Robinson, even, and you have Cooper Cup, who was the best receiver in the NFL last year. Tyler Higby's. No, no slouch at tight end. Cam Akers is coming back. And you also have Sean McVay, who's one of the best offensive minds in NFL. I would not expect for the, the Bills to run over this game. My guy, this is going to be a close, close game when the Rams could obviously win this. But you never know. We'll see what happens. Um, Izzy's coming in. Big fan of yours, Ryan. You're great. Peter, my man. Thank you, Izzy. Izzy, Sundays every Appreciate every it. Sunday. Um, I want to talk to this. Epinensa and Boogie will be the difference tomorrow. Are both Epinensa and Boogie active tomorrow before we talk about their difference? Because they have to be active to make the difference. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And when I look at the defensive and depth chart, obviously of Von Miller, Gregory so active. If I were was then to pick a third, I'm going to go Epinesa based on what we saw this summer. So okay. I think he has a chance to be active. Boogie Basham does too. But what if the Bills are looking at situational football and they say, you know, I still think the Rams, as good as they are with their passing attack, they're going to try to run the ball on us with Cam Akers, with with Henderson. They do. And Shaq Lawson, if there's one thing I can say about him, is he is great at stopping the run. He always has been. That was his, uh, his best asset early in his career with the Bills. He got better as a pass rusher in his tenure with Buffalo, but stopping the run was always an important key to them. And if the Bills are only going to keep four defensive ends active, which it might be five, I'm just saying hypothetically, if it's going to be mm-hmm. four, they might prefer to go with Shaq Lawson in this matchup, give him the edge over Boogie Basham. And, you know, I don't want fans to start running off Boogie Basham just yet, but he was still pretty inconsistent this summer. Uh, th- there's certain things I'm sure they want to see from him that he showed glimpses of, flashes of, but he hasn't been able to put it all together just yet. Yeah, and that's that's always been a fact. The Bills could obviously stick with five tomorrow night, and but Shaq Lawson gives you a different aspect on the on the run defense, which maybe Basham doesn't. And so you, you so you're thinking Epinesa over Basham if that was like the the final choice. Yeah, if well Epinesa third, maybe Shaq Lawson fourth, and then oh, Boogie okay. might be okay. the odd man out. I feel like people will start um, like complaining on Twitter and social media when if you see Basham out and. I, you mentioned this, I think, not in today's show, but the last show, how it's you don't get concerned until it's maybe week eight and he's only played two games. Yeah. Yep. I mentioned that on a previous show. You know, you, you got to realize the Bills are going to look at matchups. Uh, yeah. You look at the Ravens matchup coming up down the road. They mm-hmm. like to run. That's a Shaq Lawson matchup. Yes. You look at Tennessee. They like Lawson. to run. That's, a, yes. you know, yeah. So you want to maybe go with, with your best matchups in those games if you can't have everyone active. Yeah, and Tennessee and Baltimore also seem like a game where you could have five defensive ends, where you just need a lot of defensive ends because you got to deal with Lamar Jackson, obviously, and Derrick Henry. So it's those are those could be games with five defensive ends. So obviously, every game is different, like like Ryan said, like the Tennessee uh, the Tennessee game, the Miami game when Tua and Waddle they're not much of a run first offense. You might only have four edges. It's just everything's different. How many times do you think we'll actually punt tomorrow? We're going to punt a couple times. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a few punts. Listen, the nerves will be out there maybe yeah. early on. Um, I'll say I'll say three punts, I, 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 and I wouldn't be shocked if it's less than that. Um, so you think that good of, a, good of an offense tomorrow? I, I do. I think that the Bills can move the ball on this Rams defense, even if you have Ramsey going up against Diggs 1-1. One one. I thought Ramsey had a... Uh, up and down Super Bowl performance, and that's the last game you can remember from him, obviously. Um, you, you know, obviously, Jamar Chase is an animal in his own right. He's a, a great player, but uh, I think that Diggs can have his, yeah, can have, yeah, he can have his wins. I think Gabe Davis is going to have some wins. Dawson Knox, Isaiah McKenzie. 
they're going to run the try to run the ball. I think at times, I think they're going to be surprised at how effective they can be too. And yeah, look outside of Jalen Ramsey, the secondary of the Rams. I'm not saying it's bad, but no, nobody really strikes fear in me. We're talking about a Troy Hill. We're talking about David Long Jr. We're not talking about household names. And look, you could say the same thing about the Bills. The Bills have a lot of unproven guys um, in the secondary, but they don't have the Rams. Don't have Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde back there. That's probably the difference. So yeah. outside of Jalen Ramsey, I think Gabe Davis should have a big night. So should Dawson Knox. Like these guys should have big nights. If maybe. Tomorrow night might not be the dig show. It might be the Gabe Davis show. And then if Gabe Davis starts beating the Rams over and over again, they're going to have to think of something else. And that could open up digs. Like it's just uh, outside of Jalen Ramsey, there isn't anything special in the corners. There's nobody like trash in the corner. Troy Hill's a solid corner. So is David Wong yeah. Jr. But everybody's like just your average, your average corner. Bill's coming in with a great question. I, I like this question. Thank you, Bill. What creative plays do you expect to see with McKenzie, Cook, and Shakir? Jet sweeps, options. So what should we expect out of McKenzie, Cook, and Shakir? Do some little razzle-dazzle with those guys. Well, you know, even even if it's not a jet, jet sweep or an option, the movement alone is going to benefit the Bills because it's going to let them see what the defense is doing, how they adjust, how they move around. It doesn't have to be anything special. Uh, if the Rams are being aggressive defensively, if you just put Cook in the backfield, it's going to raise a red flag in their mind saying, oh, this might be yeah. a screen pass. This might be a swing pass. Uh, and it might put them on their heels without them actually having to do anything about it. So it's not necessarily what are they going to do or how are they going to use these guys? Uh, I think it's really going to come down to um, using them in terms of seeing what the defense is going to do. How are they going to adjust? And then maybe hitting an end around uh, or a jet sweep when if they see that the defense isn't selling out or isn't doing what they should be doing on that given play. Do we honestly see some screens this year? Because I, I don't think when was the last time the Bills consistently, I'm not saying force the screen pass and just right. do the screen pass over and over again, but I feel like the screen pass just hasn't been a factor in this offense on uh, consistently. Yeah. I just James, how many times do we see a screen pass? One or two times a game. And how many times have we seen a successful screen pass that, at that way? The, you know, you, they run it and it gets stopped, and you see other teams doing it. Um, yes. It just was not a part of this offense that worked well. I would like to think that with Cook in the fold, that can get better. I think that with uh, better offensive linemen that they have here, it's going to help in terms of selling the play and, and uh, just little things like that that maybe the Bills weren't doing a good job of and they need to get better at. I think that's something that can help them and, and can go a long way for this team. And it might even be broken down, I'm going to put in quotes, screenplays, when Josh Allen has to scram out of the pocket and just dump it off to James Cook. So that's yeah. not a screenplay, but it's a it's a broken down screenplay, which I think the Bills haven't had that in a while, especially at the running back position, probably since, this is no knock on Devin Singletary, but since probably with Sean McCoy, that kind of hopefully dynamic guy out of the backfield that can pass catch consistently. Um Let's see what we've got. Knox, Justin's coming in. Knox prime for a good game. Yeah, Knox, Knox should have a consistent. I, the one thing I want to see from Knox this year is more yards. I think they consistently mm -hmm. in yards. His touchdowns were good. If you want to give us nine touchdowns again, you can go right ahead and give us nine <laughs> touchdowns again. Nobody's complaining about that. But I think at maybe like 650 to 700 yards, I don't know if he gets there, but I think that's probably the next step for Dawson Knox if he wants to be valued as – I still have him right outside the top 10, maybe like the 11th or 12th best tight end. If he wants to be in that 7, 8, or 9, like the Dallas Goddard kind of conversation, he probably needs to get 700, 750 yards. What, what are your expe expectations for Dawson Knox tomorrow night? Well, tomorrow night, uh, we'll, you know, I'm going to look season long first. I think you're going to see yeah. the touchdowns drop a little bit. You're okay. going to see the targets, the receptions, and the yards go up, however. Uh, the, the Bills have to make up some of the targets that they're losing from Cole Beasley, that they're losing from Emmanuel Sanders. And while the wide receivers, especially Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, will probably be the, the biggest beneficiaries of that. Uh, I think Knox is, is right up with them in terms of, okay, these guys are going to get some serious looks. Uh, they're going to get some opportunities to make some plays, uh, or he's going to make some have some opportunities to make some plays for this team throughout the season. So I think you are going to see uh, increases in receptions and yards, maybe a decrease in touchdowns, because touchdowns are so hard to uh, manage year over year, especially yes. when you're at the top of the league. Tomorrow night, you know, if I had to pick a skill player that could be the X factor outside of maybe Gabe Davis, I think Dawson Knox is it. The Bills believe in this guy. They they say, okay, he is someone that we really think is going to only get better from what we've seen. 
Yes, we might have to put up with some frustrating drops, some issues in that regard, but it's worth it overall based on what he can do, the mismatches he can create. He's bigger than the the safeties that you might put on him or cornerbacks, defensive backs. He's faster than the linebackers. He is just a potential mismatch no matter who you line him up against. So uh, tomorrow night, I wouldn't be shocked if he's finishes second on the team in receptions. I think Gabe Davis leads the way in terms of receptions tomorrow night, but maybe Knox number two. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Joe, I just want to make you sure Jonah Poyer is not out tomorrow. I know a couple of people were talking about this in the comment section. Jonah Poyer is a full go. So wherever you heard that yeah. from, not true. Jonah Poyer is playing tomorrow night, which is obviously a huge thing. Um, Juan's coming in. Cook on the field is a plus. Even if he doesn't have design plays, he's a great option. Ryan, you basically said that even if he's lining up in yeah. the backfield, the defense has to just think about it for a second and see and switch up their play call or do whatever they have to do. And it might not even be designed, be designed to James Cook. So it gives the Bills uh, another another option. And, and they can line him up out wide, too. He's that good of a pass catcher. And all of a sudden, it's, oh, man, now I have a wide receiver that's flanked out wide that can he can run a go route. He can run some pretty precise yeah. routes. He's, you know, it's going to be he's going to be used in a lot of advantageous ways for this team which is a good thing. The Bills can mix and match with him, even Shakir, even Isaiah McKenzie. Yes, Phil, Jordan Poirier is play, playing. I'm, I don't know where Joe got that from, but he's playing, so don't be scared because Jordan Poirier is playing tomorrow night. Um, Clyde's coming in. Ryan, what do you expect from – I'm assuming he's talking about Josh Allen, but what do you expect from Josh Allen tomorrow night? Just a little concerning about forcing too much. Yeah, you know, uh, he'll force things at times and it leads to turnovers more so when he's running and he's not protecting it a little bit. Uh, I'd like to think that you're going to see maturity from him, though, year over year uh, in terms of, okay, I know I can use my legs, but I have to be smart about it because I'm one shot away from not being on this field and not being an asset for this team. Uh, in, in terms of forcing the ball to his players, you know, you still see that, but it's not anywhere near where it was early in his career. He, he's very precise with his passes. He's very smart about progressing through his reads. For me tomorrow with Josh Allen, it's not doing too much when there's pressure in his face. You know, I know in the last game he was able to stiff arm Aaron Donald once or twice. And as great as that is, more times than not, which we also saw, uh, we saw him get flagged for a face mask. We saw Aaron Donald get a sack uh, that Went, he went backwards 15, 20 yards on the play. Yeah. So a- Allen just has to play within himself, not lose valuable yards, not make the uh, bonehead mistake thinking I can run by this guy. And, and protecting the football has been his biggest issue when he's been a runner uh, in his career. It's not so much the interceptions that I'm concerned about. Can he protect that ball if he does take off and run? And can be can he be smart about sliding or getting out of bounds that's the next part of hit the game that you really need to see from him don't need to be giving a heart attack every time josh allen's about to get hit right <laughs> you know how you saved we'll, we'll lose the two yards for you to be on the field you're that much more valuable we can get the two yards back it's okay but yeah yeah josh allen like the patriots game even the chiefs game josh allen just being himself and just knowing and trusting his receivers is a good thing and remember you can have james cook back there potentially you can have dump off options you can have isaiah like Make the smart pass because eventually you're going to make the big pass. Make sure you're on the field to make the big pass. The offense is good enough just to keep moving the ball down the field. And then eventually you'll have that big play and the Bills will score. Like It's just stay, the more Josh, the more times you're on the field, the better the Bills offense is the better chance we have to win the game. Phil's coming in. You guys think Vaughn's going to have a good game. Ryan, what are, you, what are your expectations for Vaughn Miller tomorrow night? Yeah, I don't want to like sit here and say, oh, a sack and this many pressures, but <laughs> yeah, tell me uh, exactly I think, what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he has a very good matchup against this Rams offensive line. We've already talked about how they downgraded it two positions, yeah. at least on paper over the summer. It's a unit that he knows well from the time that he was traded there through the Super Bowl run. Um, he, he's someone that's very savvy with this pass rush arsenal in terms of, okay, what worked against this guy, even in the practice reps and, the, and how can I utilize it at the right time? I, I am looking for him to make a difference making play at some point, if that makes sense, it might be a hit on the quarterback that forces a fumble. It might be a pressure that causes an interception because it gives the defensive back a chance to break on the ball. You're going to see one, at least one difference making play from him. I think tomorrow night, at least one play. That's that's all we need. We just need a couple of different uh, yeah. making plays. I, Izzy, I think we mentioned this earlier, but uh, Knox's extension. Does anyone look like an odd man out for an extension? Yeah, Poyer, um, Singletary, in my opinion. 
Uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong on one or both of those guys, yeah. but you, you have to uh, be smart with how you, you allocate your assets. And I think that Ed Oliver and even Tremaine Edmonds are probably higher up on the list than the two players that I just mentioned. I tend to agree. Appreciate all the comments, guys. We'll try to get to yes. the best as we can, but we got some more things I want to talk about. One area, area you are concerned. Yeah, that one. Okay. One area you are concerned about heading into tomorrow night's game. Um, I guess it would just be the youth in the, in the secondary, which we've talked about a little bit. Uh, can they hold up against those receivers? And again, it comes down to the uh, offensive, or I'm sorry, it comes down to the defensive line making plays for them, making life easier. Uh, Ken Dorsey, how does he look in his first game calling plays? Obviously, former quarterback, someone that's been with this team, um, been part of the um been in the room with brian dable knows what works what hasn't worked uh i I have a lot of trust in what he's going to do but it's also a big stage for him to be making his debut as a offensive coordinator so uh, i i guess off the field that's the the one thing because it's the unknown we don't know what we're going to see tomorrow night from ken dorsey and that's exciting but it's also a little bit scary probably if you're a bills fan i would say and some people are coming in youth penalties one concern I would have is maybe the interior offensive line you have. And I and I like Mitch Morse. He's been a very good center. You have Roger Saffold, who I think is going to be an upgrade at left guard and right full year of Ryan Bates. It's maybe it's more or less on them, but in the sense that Aaron Donald's going to be there. And Aaron Donald doesn't seem like a piece of cake to block consistently. It doesn't seem like a fun guy to block. And I think my biggest concern for tomorrow night is if the Bills can consistently not even take away Aaron Donald because that just won't happen because he's Aaron Donald, but just right. Keep him away from Josh Allen. Yeah. It's okay if Aaron Donald does this thing, but it doesn't, you don't want him consistently getting sacked or derailing the play in the sense where it's turnovers. That's the beauty of Josh Allen's legs. He can make things happen, which is a good thing. But you want, if Bates, Morris, and Saffold, you want to keep um, Donald at bay. I, I'm assuming they're going to double team him. I'm assuming there's something. Yeah. I'm, and I trust Aaron Cromer. I think he's going to have. He's going to have something up his sleeve for the Bills to do something with Aaron Donald. And obviously, you have to deal with Leonard Floyd on the outside as well. But they lose Von Miller. So, outside of Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, there's nobody that really scares me. But maybe the interior of the offensive line um, would be my probably biggest concern this, maybe even this season, but just tomorrow night. Yeah, and, and that's fair. Listen, Ryan Bates was great last season, but it was a limited sample size. Yes. Roger Saffold is a, is an upgrade over what they had last year, but his pass protection grades have gone down a little bit. And those are analytics, and, and we'll see what he brings tomorrow night to the table. Um, and then, you know, Mitch Morris is, is is solid as they come, but any of those guys, eventually they're going to they're gonna lose a battle to oh, yes. uh, someone like Aaron Donald. So what's the Bills game plan? Are you going to be rolling out Josh more than you would in a typical game? Are you keeping a running back back there just to chip the guy when he comes at you? You, know, you can't expect any of these backs no. to contain him either, but can you just chip him enough to give Allen a, a chance to escape and roll out and uh, make a play with his legs or or make a play with his arm outside of the pocket, which is, is something he's done numerous times in his career? It's going to be interesting. That's a big part of the chess match tomorrow night to win this game. I like how you brought up the running back. Is that another reason why Zach Moss could be active? Because he's – Right. He's, yeah. He, he's, is he, would you say he's the best blocker? In the running back room? Um, I, I think Singletary is right up there. I think yes. he's gotten better year after year after year at it. So I would trust either of them back there what, uh, what in about that Gilliam? situation. Would Gilliam be lined up a couple times? Could the, could we see that? as an, I know we haven't seen that a ton. But yeah, they could. Yeah, they they like him. The they trust him. out of those guys. He, obviously, because he's a fullback. But sure. Could they line him up just to give even on the out just to give the Bills yeah. another blocker just to he'll, help and he'll get some offensive reps and yes. you you can roll you can use him as a receiver which we've seen over the, the course of his career too so it, it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize all of these players all of yeah. these backs fullbacks tomorrow night yeah um Justin I saw this comment earlier but uh, Donald should be suspended yeah we don't have to go down to that. Uh, details but i guess the rams said they handled it in uh in house so i guess yeah and, and there's but, some rule in place that when these team practices go on it's outside of the league's hands which <laughs> sounds wild to me when you're sense. ripping a helmet off and yeah, swinging yeah. it around and um but it, it is what it is look if it happened in a preseason game or a regular season game he wouldn't be playing so yes yeah, we saw what happened with miles garrett so he would not be um, playing if it was happening in a preseason game, but I guess they can handle like that's a weird that's a weird rule. 
that you have to they can handle it in house. What do they just tell them not to do it again or something? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it, it, it's bizarre, but it, it's a league they, rule, and they'll they'll do what they have to do with that. They, they put they put them in timeout for an hour. They just said, sit over here in the corner. <laughs> Essentially, and, right. Think about what you did. Yeah, a little slap on the wrist. Yes. Phil's coming. I think Shakir's going to have a big year. I think I, I'm excited to see. I don't know how about you feel, Ryan. Just not even, it could not even be tomorrow night because we don't know, but like his role on this team. I'm more excited to see what the Bills do with that than obviously his production. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I came away beyond impressed with him this summer. Everything he did, great hands catcher, great route runner, uh, someone that the team trusts as a punt returner too, because he showed true, you know, solid hands. He, he didn't try to play outside of his, his game. So uh, I think he's someone that will develop a role behind Gabe Davis on the outside. He's someone that can play in the slot. If yeah. Isaiah McKenzie and Jameson Crowder are are having issues, if they don't step up. Um, but I really think that he's going to see himself play into a bigger role as well as the year goes on. And we might see him. We're going to see him right away. He's listed as the punt returner. Um, mm-hmm. Jameson Crowder is listed as the backup punt returner, which um on the buffalobills.com. So we might see Shakir at the Bills on defense get a stop. We might see Shakir right away and see what he can do because maybe he'll be a difference maker. We might have two rookies returning punts and kicks week one, which might give you a little bit of a heart attack in the first 10 minutes. But it's it's exciting because we'll see Shakir right away, which we'll see what he can do dynamically. Because I don't think we've had a good punt return in a couple of years. Or Did Andre Roberts return punts for us? He did, right? Yeah, Roberts was a – I think he did both for us at okay. times or for the Bills. He was – yeah, he was probably the best one they've had for quite some time. And obviously, though, he was getting up there in age and price gets factored in and it's it gets more difficult. Yes, yes. As he's coming in, Shakir likely has a Gabe Davis-like rookie season. That would be a solid rookie year with all the mouths we have to field. Uh, field uh, feed with Jameson <laughs> Crowder, Dawson Knox, McKenzie, and then Davis and Diggs. And then the running backs, that would be a very productive – here. Yeah, yeah. If he can be a, you know, like Gabe Davis the last two years because he had uh, Manuel Sanders last year, the in the year before that, you know, he he had to play behind veterans both years. It was something that was just part uh, of the game. John, you know, John Brown the year before that. Yeah. So uh, I think Shakir will be up to the task, and he he can be a factor for this team. He is going to end up being one of the biggest steals of that draft class when all is said and done, in my opinion. That would be so. I love cool Shakir, and I was high on him when the Bills uh, drafted him. Donut Bob, I think you're asking if the Bills would be conservative tomorrow. You think the Bills, right? You think the Bills are conservative? Or are they just gonna just go for it? First drive, we see the Bills just try to try to throw a punch right away and see see what happens. Yeah, I don't think you you start the game conservative, especially against a team with a lot of firepower. Mm-hmm. I think they might try to run the ball more than you okay. expect, but I wouldn't call that conservative. I would just be seeing what the defense is giving you. Uh, but no, I think I think the Bills are going to try to come out and make a statement. They you, they don't want to get into another slow, uh, low scoring affair like last year's game against the Steelers in Week One, where it caught up to them in the second half. They were out of sync. They had a, a punt block. They had all these issues that mounted up and added up and cost them a game. The Bills are going to want to come out hot and, and make some big plays on, on offense to to kind of build a lead, cushion a lead, and then also make life easier for the defense in that way. If the Bills have a sizable lead. The cornerbacks are going to know, okay, we know we're going to be getting targets, but we also know that that can work to our advantage in terms of turning our heads around, trying to make a play or a break on the ball. Yeah, Phil's coming. I'm excited for everyone. We are all excited for, for oh, everyone. Yes. Um, Ryan answered this earlier. He's thinking mm-hmm. Devin Singletary or and Poyer are probably the two guys. If you missed that earlier, you can always rewatch it. Or tomorrow comes out in podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But Devin Singletary um, – or Jordan Poyer, which I tend to agree with. Justin's coming in, definitely bombing it first drive. Okay. Yeah, the Bills should just start just launching. And I, I agree. I think the Bills will run the ball or try to – because if the Bills establish a run game, it makes Josh Allen's life so much easier. If the Bills can get a consistent run game, it just opens up the defense. So the play action becomes a factor. It's just so much easier for Josh Allen. And I agree. We don't want that repeat of that Steelers game because the Bills were dom- or in control of the first half, but then their offense kind of fell short. And that black punt messed everything up. It was that was a nightmare of a first game. That, that, that was not <laughs> yes, a fun. It was. That was not a fun uh, first game if, for the Bills. That was not a good one. Um, key matchups we should be paying attention to tomorrow. Any any matchups one on one doesn't even have to be one on one. Any matchups that come to mind for you? 
you know, I've already talked a lot until my face is blue about defensive line versus offensive line, the Bills D line being able yeah. to defeat them. Um, I I think that if, we, if we're talking one on one, I want to see what Ed Oliver can do in this game, okay. specifically on the defensive line. I think he can be that, that X factor on the defensive line, even with Von Miller in the fold. Yeah, Ed Oliver is a huge factor because I think that we actually give us a legit pass rush potentially up the yes. middle, which we haven't had in a while. And then maybe Daquan Jones and Tim Settle, maybe we can stop the run consistently this year. And huge. Don't make That'd be huge. <laughs> and I think Daquan Jones and Tim Settle are probably the two guys they brought in to do that. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, obviously, some of the matchups like Jalen Ramsey versus Stefan Diggs. Like, that's a cool matchup. Because like, if Diggs can – and Jalen Ramsey has been very good, but if Diggs can do his thing – and it makes it's a huge it's a huge win for the Bills if Diggs not even do his thing just get consistent catches get consistent targets and um, be productive he doesn't have to go for two fifty he doesn't have to go for one hundred and fifty seventy five right. yards eighty yards and just be productive and taking basically taking Jalen Ramsey out of the game would be a yeah. huge factor for the Bills and he's listen Allen's not going to shy away from no, throwing 100%. to Diggs and one thing I noticed this summer this preseason is they were trying to get the ball to Diggs like really quickly like right off the out of the gate and maybe that is the way to take um, Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey out a little yeah. bit make it one-on-one with the ball in Diggs's hands and I think he can win those matchups and do things in that uh, that regard and really uh, help this team out or really step up for them so that is who I would think can end up being a uh, a big player for this team. Digs in terms of the Bills aren't going to shy away from him. It's part of Allen. It's Allen's best weapon. It's his favorite uh, player, obviously. So he's going to get his targets. He's going to get his looks. Um, Allen versus Donald. Yeah, that's a huge matchup. Something that we probably don't want to see too much of. Um, we don't really want Aaron Donald uh, anywhere near. Josh Allen, which it will happen tomorrow night. So get prepared for that. Hopefully Josh Allen can do his thing. What percentage do you see Josh Allen under center tomorrow night? How many, how many times do you think we see Josh Allen under center? That's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't know about a percentage. I don't think you'll see it a ton. Yeah. I think that he's best when he's able to scan the field pre-snap and, and get that look. And also, you know, it gives him some space in case it, there is a play where time as well. Right. If you're under center and Aaron Donald's just running in, blows it up. Yeah. Then he's getting tripped by his own guy or getting knocked over. Yeah. So we don't want that. I, I'm not anticipating a lot. Obviously, maybe some potential QB sneaks, some short yardage situations. But for the most part, I think you'll see him in, in the shotgun. I agree. That would be. And yeah, it was some. And yes, like you said, like if Aaron Donald just comes to the middle, Josh Allen has at least a, a second to react and do something with the ball instead of just getting. Like you said, tripped over by his own play. <laughs> exactly. Nobody wants to see. Nobody wants to see. Yeah, Izzy, you're right. Josh Allen is excellent, excellent in play action situations. Yeah, if the Bills can get a consistent play action offense tomorrow night, then they're they're smooth, smooth, smooth sailing. We're gonna end the show, and I, guys, you can keep coming with the questions all you want for the next like, seven, eight minutes. But game predictions for tomorrow night, Ryan. How do you see this contest? And we can talk about a little more uh, ending tomorrow night yeah i have the bills winning this game 31 28 i think it's gonna be more of a shootout than maybe anticipated because it's it's the first game of the year as good as i think both units are i think you'll see some points scored i think you'll see the bills defense at least set up one of their touchdowns i'm not predicting like a, a defensive touchdown or even necessarily a turnover but it might be a three and out where they force the rams to punt deep in their own end and it sets up field position wise the bills so uh, I think Allen and company get the win. It's very close. And Von Miller closes out late in the game with that Ooh. defensive line, uh, you know, starts to earn that money that uh, the, the team really wants to, you know, what, what they're trying to get from him in terms of being that, that player that puts them over the top and helps them win their first Super Bowl in franchise history. 31-28, give us a little heart attack. It's going to be a close game. It's probably <laughs> minus two and a half. So Vegas is telling you to close game. It's surprising that the Bills are favorite in this. I'm not, it's not surprising because I think the Bills are the better team uh, mm-hmm. top to bottom. It's surprising because you're going to the Super Bowl champs on the road. Right. That's why they're two and a half. You would think, um, and usually home teams get three points. Like That's how they usually do the metrics. Would the Bills be like seven point favorites if they're home against the Rams, which would be nuts because I don't want to – the Rams seem like a solid bet in that. Um, obviously, I'm not telling you to bet. Donuts coming in 37-34. Ismail, 34-20, Bill. I like that score. I don't. I think the Bills win 27-24. I agree with you. I think it's a three-point game. I think a tower bass field goal. It doesn't have to be the end. I think a tower bass field goal seals the deal for the Bills, and they get a stop to end the game. Something something in that nature. I like, I like 34-20. A little less stressful. 
Yeah, it would be, you know, I think Bills fans would definitely sign up for that. And one thing I will point out, I think it's going to really feel like more of a home game for Bills fans than they realize, even though there will be some Rams fans in the seats. Bills fans are going to be loud. They've been traveling in in large numbers. Uh, They're going to be representing tomorrow and it's going to it's going to feel more like a home game than some people really realize. Who mentioned that this week was or last week? Was it Jordan Phillips? He said he may have. Yeah, he may have something about like, oh, we're going out there. He's like, oh, we'll see a lot of Bills fans, something in that in that context. And yeah, a lot of bills fans, Matt, uh, Matt, wasn't he on a, well, he had a seven hour delay. I saw him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He had a long delay in Chicago yesterday. Not have been fun. Um, Dallas is coming in one trick play or not. Eh, I don't, I don't know if the bills do anything stupidly trick uh, play, but is a trick play like an end around. We haven't seen an end around in a while or in a while, or even a, like a screen pass is a trick play in our offense. I think the bills, <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't think maybe we maybe we don't see like a flea flick or something, but no. yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say one trick type of play. I'll say that. Yes, the Bills start the game with a flea flicker. That would that'd be <laughs> that'd something. be something. Um, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the Bills win 27-24. I think it's I think it's a close contest. I like I think a lot of people think the Rams are going, and I'm I think the Rams have a, obviously an awesome chance in this game. I don't think it's going to be anything where the Bills blow them out. Like, and you know what? I was thinking about this because. Every time, like we see a good game on paper, we always talk. I was talking to my friends with this today. Like we see a good game on paper, like Bills Rams, top two, four teams in the league, right? We like it's gonna be a close match. I feel like these games always one team always gets blown out. Like in the games that like you think should be good are not, and the games you like, why is this game close? Like because <laughs> right. like a Bills, like if the Bills like stomp on the Rams tomorrow night, like that will send a message. Like the, the, the media will have a field day with that because they've oh, already absolutely. had a field day with the Bills. But if the Bills go away, win thirty-one ten something like that. And like, it was never a game then even vice versa. Like if we get stomped 31, 10, you're going to have a field day. So I think this game, maybe we see, but I don't think we see blow up, but maybe the Rams have a little bit like they're doing their, they're doing the banners. They're doing the rings, a little super bowl hangover and the bills can punch them in the mouth. Yeah. Ideally. I think that's exactly what the team is hoping for. Uh, catch them off guard. I know the champs yeah. in years past have won most of those games. I know the Chiefs knocked off the Patriots a few years ago, yeah. um, but I still think this is going to be a matchup the Bills can win, one where the crowd is going to be loud for the Bills, where, you know, Los Angeles, the fans might be there in the seats, but they're not loud. They're not diehards. It's, it's a very fair weather fan base. Uh, so I think the Bills could end up doing very well in this situation. Safe travels, Ismail. I'm flying from Florida to LA tomorrow. Hopefully, you're. What time's your flight, man? Hopefully, you're there for kickoff. Um, obviously, there's a time difference, but you don't want to. It's risky flying the day of the game. I don't want. I don't want to concern oh, you, but definitely. I would try. I would try to get it. Uh, at least two days before. I know. I know hotels are expensive. Six a.m. Okay, you should be. Oh, I've I've read the earlier the you fly out, the better you are with cancer. I think you should be okay. Um. Donuts coming. I need Allen and Davis to blow up for fantasy. Not sure if I should play Singletary. Fantasy question. I like Allen. I have Allen in why four leagues. I've Allen. I reached an Allen for one of my leagues. I was like, you know what? I got to get Josh Allen in one of these leagues. Um, I think I have Davis in one league. I wouldn't start Singletary. I think there's probably better options in fantasy. I think um, that's fair at this point. And maybe look, that could be wrong, but you don't know. I would Singletary is more of a wait and see what the Bills do on the run game. If I was going to go uh, fantasy option, but. Diggs is a tough start tomorrow night. Diggs is a very tough start tomorrow night if we're talking about fantasy. I think Gabe Davis is a great start tomorrow night. I think Gabe Davis should be in your flex spot. No, no, not in your flex spot. Don't anybody on Thursday nights, don't start them in your flex spot, please. Um, start them in your wide receiver spot because then it gives you a lot more flexibility if somebody gets injured on Friday or Saturday or somebody pops up an injury report. But I think Davis is a great start. You always start Allen. I wouldn't start uh Singletary. For no, I, I agree with that assessment. I would not start Singletary. Um, okay, Ryan. I I appreciate it, guys. You guys heard Ryan has the Bills winning 31-28. I have them winning 27-24. Let's hope we're right. Doesn't matter. We, we, I don't care about the score. Let's just hope we're right. We get a win and we start one and oh. So Ryan, where where are you watching the game tomorrow night? What's your usual before we head out head out? What's your usual game game time or game day? traditional like what you do if you're not at the game all that stuff <laughs> yeah no, I'll, i generally just watch it from home because there's okay. usually some pre-game um commentary that sometimes it will spark an article there's things that yeah. i can hear especially these late prime time games uh definitely a situation i'll be watching from home yeah <laughs> there'll be still, something something will something will come up tomorrow. appreciate it absolutely Donut. 
great show, guys. Appreciate it. Ryan, one more time, where can everyone find you on Twitter, social media, and all that stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. You can find my work at nyup.com, syracuse.com. You can find Shout, uh, the Buffalo Football Podcast, all your major podcast platforms, but we also go live on YouTube. Uh, we can be found on Twitter and Facebook as well with live streams during those shows, so check that out as well. Guys, as always, this is the Buffalo Blitz. Every Wednesday night from 8 p.m. will be out through all the season, which is awesome. This is my first time being on this platform during the season. I was just have just started when it was off season, so I get to talk about some actual football, not just speculation, which would be fun. Guys, as always, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Our main is Facebook. So, guys, everyone that's listening on Facebook, we just hit or we're about to hit 54,000 followers on Facebook. So, guys, keep that going. If you want to read some uh, articles by our great uh, writers, builtinbuffalonews.com. And as always, for the best pizza in Buffalo, it's got to be Picasso's. Every night is pizza night. So, go check them out in Buffalo. Ryan, once again. I appreciate you coming on, guys. Make sure you guys check out The Shout a couple times a week. It's an awesome show. Great content. And tomorrow night, pregame show. Believe it's starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. And then we have another show at 7 p.m. Eastern, right up to kickoff with the Bills and the Rams on Thursday night football. Guys, I'm excited. Let's hopefully next week I'm breaking down a Bills win. But as always, I'll be breaking down the game and previewing the Titans game next Wednesday. So see you guys next Wednesday. And go Bills.